Hey everyone, Alex here. Just want to give you a quick heads up before we get into the episode that Travis and I recorded this uh, actually the night before uh, the breaking news with the Vince McMahon uh, really disgusting, scandalous story broke uh, with the new lawsuit coming out against him. So uh, we did not have any knowledge of that before we recorded this episode. We didn't talk about it on here. Uh, but there is some talk about Vince McMahon, and we do crack some jokes about him in here. I uh, just want to note that you know none of that was done uh, with any knowledge of anything uh, that had broke last week with that story. Obviously, we're uh, disgusted by it, and uh, it's it's horrifying and horrific, and uh, I'm sure there's still a lot more to be said and discussed about it here in, in the weeks to come. Uh, but just giving you a heads up, uh, this was recorded before all that, uh, so didn't want you to think you know we were making light of any of that on there. But uh, other than that, uh, this is a great episode, really fun, and sorry to put that uh, note here at the front, but just want to give everyone a heads up. But otherwise, yeah, enjoy this awesome, really fun episode of Talking Taker. WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long, and you're about to go one on one with Talking Taker. Holla! Well, I'm running down the road with Barbera in tow. I got 15 titles on my mind. Seven world ones, one hardcore, and seven tags with four different guys. Take her easy, take her easy Don't let the sound of gongs and bells drive you crazy Lights open, raise my hands Don't even try to understand The supernatural dead man So take her easy Well, I'm standing on the corner of Death Valley, California Such a bright fire I see It's my house, my lord, burned to the floor Lost my parents, brother, everything Come on, Kane, please don't blame me Paul Bearer took me in as his and tried to train me Rarely lose, I usually win I never thought I'd see you again You opened up the cell and climbed in So freaking easy Now I'm running down the road and I'm all on my own Got a decade of destruction Call me big evil, not red, but do call me American. Take her easy, take her easy. Don't let the sound of limbus get drive you crazy. Come on, Vincey, you bury me. I'm coming back, it's the dead man. Take her easy Wanna 
Creatures of the Night! Welcome to episode 221 of Talking Taker! The encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, The Undertaker! My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank all you out there in the Pod Street crew for joining us for yeah. yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my fellow creature of the night, my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy. He is a man who never, ever, not even once, returned his movies late to the video store. <laughs> Mr. No Late Fees himself, Mr. <laughs> Travis White. <laughs> Travis. <laughs> what a- what I don't know if that's name. accurate. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely accurate for me. <laughs> okay. I would take myself to the county like dispatch, like just put, turn myself in for jail if I if I put it in late. It's not yeah. a crime. You could just oh, pay the in my mind it dollar ninety nine. Yeah. No <laughs> crime. Well, I bring that up because I'm very excited. We are doing round two of our look back at some of these right here. Coliseum home video classics, some rare hidden gem Undertaker matches originally featured on these Coliseum home video releases that you would find in the video store. And um, man, it's so timely. I didn't realize how timely it was going to be to do this episode when we planned it out last month because... As we all know, without the video store, there would be no Netflix. Netflix came about because of the video store to solve the problem of late fees. That's how Netflix originated and has become the entertainment behemoth that it is today. And how timely that we're doing this episode about these classic videos that you used to rent in the video store. It evolves into Netflix. And now the breaking news uh, yesterday as we're recording this, but a couple weeks ago when people are, are, are listening to this, WWE Monday Night Raw moving to Netflix in January of 2025 what did you think when you heard that i immediately texted you like it was like 7 30 in the morning or something i was like <laughs> i screenshotted and texted you i was like whoa because like to me it's a big deal like as far as the future of streaming and the future of media consumption like i know that um netflix has only done they, they did the chris rock special which i did watch live i want to see what he had to say i don't ever watch chris rock but it was great uh and they'd done like a I don't know, some like, not Bachelor, but some kind of live reunion show. And I did one other thing. But they're mostly, you know, it's canned material that comes out and they drop seasons at a time or whatever, or weekly shows. But they're live. They're not really big into live, but which they're behind the times because, you know, Amazon's got live stuff. Peacock's got live stuff. Paramount does. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody's got live stuff. And um, they don't do much sports. They do Formula One, I think, now, don't they? Um I don't know if they've aired any races. I mean, they got like they have <clears> their the reality F1 shows, show. yeah, yeah, but like so, PGA show. But they were like the they were the big big one that everyone was catching up to, and now some people have say they surpassed them. But I think it's going to put them over the edge, like being back to number one. You know, I do them. They they have the most global reach of all the streaming services, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's great, man. For it's great for me because I already <laughs> use my parents' Xfinity <laughs> to watch USA Network. Like, and it sometimes works and doesn't, but like now I just got, you know, Netflix. Oh, I'll watch it, you know, eight o'clock. So it'd be great. But, um, I'm super excited about it. Uh, the money is there, which is insane to me. Like, I don't mean, it's just what a, what a time to be that company. It's just crazy, dude. Um, 
but yeah, I'm super stoked about it. And uh, I just think it's going to be the way that a lot of live sports is going to be consumed in the future. And give Vince and TKO and Nick Khan credit for, you know, seeing the future. Vince has always been ahead when it comes to stuff like that, in my opinion. Uh, for all his flaws, he's he's always seen ahead. Uh, and, you know, it's like the network, you know, 10 years ago. It's crazy, 10 years ago. Um, I know, but, yeah. But, yeah, he saw that coming, and now it's just evolved into something else, and, yeah. But I've rambled on. What do you think about it? How do you feel? I, I think you're right. You know, it is the – Vince is at the, the forefront of that, or WWE. You know, I don't know how much Vince is involved. I'm sure some. Uh, His I, mustache I, is involved. Oh, it's, it's definitely involved. Vince um, Black. <laughs> Well, you're right. You know, Netflix is it, it's still the go to when you talk about streaming, like, you know, people um, there's all these different streaming services. But like when a movie comes out, people just say, oh, I'll wait till it comes on Netflix, you know, mm-hmm. even though even it, don't mean that it'll yeah. probably come on Max or it'll come on right. Peacock or it'll come on Paramount. You know, it may not come on Netflix, but people still say that it, it's still the phrase you use. And I honestly I don't watch a ton of Netflix. I was actually almost canceled it last month but now i will probably keep it <laughs> now at this point but i really hardly ever watch anything on there now um and it got me i, I guess like at first uh it made me just a little bit you know a little bit sad in, sure. in a way that WWE was not going to be on linear television anymore because that's how i fell in love with wwe and it was just like you know switching channels changing channels mm-hmm. coming across that and it made me a little sad like oh that's that's just not going to happen anymore right so, and they'll still be on usa they'll still get smacked down on usa yeah and things like that but you know monday night raw is not going to be on um on cable on monday nights at eight o'clock anymore but then yeah. i thought you know i don't think that's how kids discover things my kids anymore. don't yeah. They don't. No, of course not. You know, most houses don't have that anymore. And kids are on their phones or on a tablet and they're going through Netflix or they're going through YouTube. So that's yep. and you discover stuff, you know, just scrolling through Netflix or scrolling through YouTube. So that is how kids are going to discover it. So probably even more people are going to uh, come across uh, raw um, than than they would nowadays. So I think yeah. it is absolutely a good thing. You talked about the global reach; it's going to be on Netflix, oh, you know, yeah. all around India. the world, uh, which is massive. Um, so it's the country. The company is going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to become more of a global company. And you know, once again, we have the Undertaker to thank for this because he was the innovator <laughs> with Escape the Undertaker yes, on Netflix in 2021. <laughs> he paved the way. None of this would yeah. be happening without that, I think. Exactly. Obviously. Exactly. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's a new day. Yes, it is. WWE, all thanks yep. to the new day. Credit to them as well. For but, sure. Um, on Busted Open yesterday, uh, Billy Ray made a great point. He's like, you know, even though, like like you just say, like Netflix is the, the term we just use for streaming. Like, Netflix and chill. It means what it means, but like, I mean, watch Netflix and just chill. But like, I know it's it's the younger generation means, but like, you don't say let's Amazon and chill, let's Peacock and chill, let's let's Max and chill. Like you say, yeah. Anyway, you say Netflix, right? So that's it's a term that's in the zeitgeist. It's in the vernacular. And also, um, they were getting a little too excited about it um, yesterday on Busted Open, talking about. Oh, well, they could be TVMA if they want to and push the envelope. They don't have to answer the advertising. I'm like, no, nah, they, they're not going to do that. Pump the brakes. But you're not wrong. If they wanted to, there won't be those constraints because of the linear television. So you're not wrong. But they're not going to have Raw be 
Attitude Era, Rated X, DX stuff, Stone Cold, and then SmackDown is PG. They're not going to do that. But they're not wrong. If they want, or, or another thing they brought up too is like, is it going to be eight to eleven, or could it be eight to ten, fifteen? Like they just go off when they want to, like eleven forty-eight, like 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 the PLEs now or pay-per-views, whatever. Like you don't yeah. know when they're going to end on Peacock. Yeah. They just go. You know, when it was standard pay-per-view, okay, it's blocked off from eight to midnight or whatever it was, or seven to eleven or whatever. Like so. They had to fit a time constraint. Now on Peacock, they don't have to. And like that may be the case on Netflix. It might be because it's appointment. It was, you're just watching it live still, but like it's not going to you know interfere with what's coming up next on Netflix. So yeah. that's that's that is something cool to think about. You know, they could say, oh, you know, Raw's going to be two and a half hours or whatever. So whatever, it's a lot of cool. Maybe stuff. it'll be it's, thirty minutes. <laughs> maybe it'll be thirty-eight minutes. Who knows? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I'm very excited about it. Um. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff happening. So definitely, um, and you know, I I I thought we were going to be timely. I, I had another uh, analogy I was going to make before all this Netflix stuff blew up, but also, you know, in the past month since we came up with the idea for this episode, a couple other things as far as media have changed, uh, and I wanted to ask your thoughts on them. Um, Best Buy officially removed all physical media from all their stores, DVDs, CDs, everything. Best Buy no longer sells it in the stores. And WWE themselves have stopped producing DVDs. Survivor Series of last year was the last DVD, physical DVD, Blu-ray they will ever produce uh, worldwide. Uh, So, man, I know both of us have so many memories together but also by ourselves of doing both of those things watching those wb dvds going to best buy uh and buying uh dvds and cds just like what what are some memories that you have uh we'll we'll talk about just going to best buy and getting cds or dvds what comes to mind school we would get that thing in the paper and see like you know what cds were coming out on tuesday because music new music was always on tuesday always growing up tuesday now it's fridays usually or Mondays, whatever they stream it whenever they want to, but like it was always a Tuesday. So when we started driving, I remember like going to school and like being like, "All right, when we get out, we're all going to Best Buy." Like we'd all we couldn't even drive with each other. So we'd take four cars. That's to right. Best Buy. Me, you, Kevin, Tyler. Like we all drive to Best Buy. Caravan to Best Buy. Get the new Pearl Jam, Weezer, or Dave Matt, whatever it was. Like we'd all sit there and buy, it. and it was nine ninety nine on release day. And then like the next week, it'd be like eighteen ninety nine. You know, or if you yeah. buy it at yeah, Sam Goody at the week. mall, it was like twenty eight ninety nine. But yeah. But DVDs were the same way, dude. The movies came out on Tuesdays. They may still do that now. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, we'd go after school, man, and cruise by Best Buy, pick up, you know, uh, golly, what were we seeing back then? I don't even know, 300 or something. You know, pick up the new 300 <laughs> or whatever it was. Anchorman, you know, Dodgeball. Anchorman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vaporize. What was that movie called? Envy. <laughs> Envy, yeah. We oh pick it all God. up, you know, go. And so, like, it's I just didn't that. pick and, that one up. Oh, I had that for sure. So, <laughs> great. I don't think I even finished that one. Oh, it's great, man. <laughs> oh, should, I'll send it to you. I'll send All right. Hard copy. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we did that. And then, you know, wrestling DVDs, man, I couldn't wait. Like, I, I had to get the DVD the day it came out. I don't know why. I just had to. Like, I wanted to be the first to watch it. I didn't want people to talk about it at school or at work or online once we got into the online game you know i didn't want to get it spoiled you know like the documentaries were so good and they still do you those you didn't want it to sell out because like sometimes also, yeah 
especially with wrestling DVDs, some of those stores might only get like one or two copies. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you had to be, you had to get there right when it happened. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think the fact that, I mean, I guess I get it financially while they're doing it, but I don't get it. Like I, I still buy DVDs. Like I have bought Oppenheimer, like Blu-ray and I buy movies from DVDs for my kids because we have DVD player in the car. So every movie they want to watch, I buy it with the, you know, I buy the DVD Blu-ray digital combo pack or whatever so like i still own it you know oh yeah that it's, it's actually a great time for physical media right now everybody talks about the death of it well it's just moved online as far as sales go like there's more i think i read that there are more movies released on dvd last year than there have ever been like oh, people yeah. there's art like all these cult archive companies are finally putting like yeah uh, they're they're digging even deeper into archive yeah. and getting a lot of stuff releases that's never been released before. Um, yeah. So it's actually you know it's a gr- kind of a great time to be a physical media collector. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a sad day when it's, it's not mainstream uh, anymore in those same ways. Yeah. It's it's a changing of the changing of the times. It is, but um you know I'm doing my part to keep it alive. Yeah, I am. Yeah, so. absolutely. Even um, wrestling DVD. I can't remember the last one I bought, but I have. Almost, I mean, all the WrestleMania is almost, you know, on DVD, you know. I have everything up to 30. I, I think, I, got, I think I the box sets, and then I started getting the Blu rays when they came out. And I, yeah, I the last one I got was 30. Um, and I got 34 because, uh, when you were there, yeah. yeah. All right, what's your, what, what was your number one or maybe your top three WWE DVDs ever? Oh, my word, dude. Off the top I of your head, Reese, I mean, I remember being real excited for the CM Punk one. Absolutely. Remember when that one came out, Best in the World, yeah. and like getting that? I mean, and we were, that was 2013. <laughs> so we were, I mean, it was only 11 yeah, years ago. Right. It wasn't right, that right. long ago, but like that one was, I was really ready because like he had deserved that, you know? Um, and he like worked, he was excited about it. He like curated yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He was real involved in it. Yeah. It was very, um, it was like everything he was doing at that time. It was, he had his hands in it and they let him be him, which is really cool. They didn't do that a lot <laughs> for that. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I remember, like, dude, I have the fondest memories of buying those ECW tapes, dude. Like, oh, yeah. Videotapes of the ECW stuff. And those. And were, then the ECW documentary. Documentary. Like, basically restarted the, the company. Yeah. And then the Best of Nitros were fun because that was oh, once they'd already bought so it. Like, those were just good, man. They just, because that's, that's my jam, dude. That's my, that's my wrestling baby you know childhood you know is nitro and stuff so. and it was before the network so like, yeah exactly you couldn't watch that wcw stuff anywhere um yeah. i or, remember when yeah. you got the uh raw like was it like the top 25 episode like you got that yeah well yeah. before i and like that was before network so like it was really cool like because you back then dude we couldn't re-watch episodes of raw unless we cassette and videotaped them you know like that's yeah, how exactly. we watched them that so like was the you, original WWE Network. Yeah, you got that DVD <laughs> set and brought it over the apartment, I think it was, and we watched, like, just popping in episodes. It's just, that was really cool to have episodes of Raw on DVD you could watch on demand. Yeah. Now it's just like, ah, they're there. You know, it's it's not special. Like, I still think it is, but to kids nowadays, they don't, it doesn't mean anything. No, it's to, not the it's, same. To us, it's, it still means something. But, yeah, what about you? Uh, the Bret Hart one, I loved when that one mm, came Hart out, and one. that was a big deal because he yes. hadn't done anything in a long time with the company. That was before he even came like back, back, right? Wasn't it before he came? That was the first thing he did. Yeah, coming like back 05 because or one of my other favorites was it was because of the Ultimate Warrior self destruction DVD. <laughs> He's great. like 
that he thought they were going to make one like yeah. that about him. So he's like, just no, I want my story told the right way. So I, yeah. I want to be involved in it. I'll, I'll, I'll sign the contract or do whatever. Cause I don't want y'all to bury me like that, but yeah. we have fond memories. You and I watching that ultimate warrior. DVD. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. If you know, you know, <laughs> that'll never be put up on the network. I'm sure. Yeah, but, no. uh, I, I still have my copy. Yeah. That's why physical media is important. That's why you gotta yeah. keep track of it. Well, that's why I buy physical media. Not to go on tangent, but like that's why I buy because like even CDs, like you never know. Tomorrow Apple could shut down. Spotify could just close tomorrow. Oh, if you got all these songs just digitally, you're not gonna hear them again. Then you know that's why I'm a big. I'll always have a CD player as long as I got an outlet. I can play my CDs. That's right. As long as I got an outlet and a TV and a cable, I can play my DVDs. You know, like if the network disappears and Netflix disappears and Amazon and all these streaming services disappear and everything goes away, I still got physical media to watch. So yep. that's why I believe in it. You know, I really do. I got music on my hard drive that's never been on Spotify, never been on iTunes and stuff, so, and it never yeah. will be, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta gotta keep checking that stuff. Well, I, I still got my tapes, and we're gonna talk about these. These are a couple of the ones that we're gonna talk about right yes, here. Uh, but they are, of course, the actual versions of them are available on Peacock uh, as of now, as of this recording. Who knows where they'll be in the future? But they're in the home video classics section. We've got seven matches across seven different tapes that we're gonna talk about here. Um, that may seem like a lot, but <laughs> some of don't these worry. Go by. We'll be done in six minutes. Um, yeah. <laughs> But it's exciting because it's all sorts of opponents that The Undertaker never faced on pay-per-view. And yeah. people he really didn't face on TV much. So we right. have never talked about him facing some of these opponents, which is a hard thing for us to find after, after 221 <laughs> yeah. episodes. So that's why it's so exciting for us. Um, a couple rivalries that we talked about that we never really saw blow-offs for. And uh, just some random off-the-wall matches. So this is going to be mm. really fun. Uh, I do want to do a quick uh, edition of Undertaker sightings before we get into these, because there were a couple other things all right. besides all the Netflix stuff that I think we should talk about. I don't know about I want to follow up on our uh, January episode uh, because <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that uh, we could not have been any more wrong predicting the college football playoff on that episode because I believe we both predicted Texas and Alabama in the national championship. And of course, it was Michigan defeating Washington. So <laughs> just a quick follow up. Aim small, miss small. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did you watch any of the games? Uh, I watched all of the games. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I did. I watched, uh, well, national championship. I kind of started to give up on it. I didn't really care. Mm, um, no. honestly, uh, I'm an SEC bias guy. So have no SEC team in there. It's kind of sucked, but, um, you yeah, know, I did watch, I watched the first half for sure. And I think I watched the third quarter and I just, after that, I was like, uh, they got it. They're done. Michigan's got it. So, and now their coaches fled to the NFL. So <laughs> as of today. Nick Saban is gone. Bill Belichick yeah. is gone. I mean, what a wild, wild hey, Carol's gone. sports world. <laughs> True. Balls That's right. In the NFL. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. Um, and then we went through the whole year of Undertaker <clears throat> sightings on that episode. And there's one I w forgot that w I wanted to mention um, that we never really talked about on here. But um, uh, we got to give credit to The Undertaker for one of the biggest memes of 2023 course i'm talking about the vince mcmahon crying meme which is yeah. probably my favorite meme of 2023 <laughs> right, exactly uh, but 
Dude, it I, came out. It it just like surged after like Thanksgiving or something. Like it just got the most popular. Like people that don't even know what it's from are just like sharing it everywhere. That's what that's I wanted cool, to say. Okay, so I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but that's the coolest part about it. No, I, people don't know where it's from, and it's from the Last Ride documentary. It's from yeah. Vince McMahon talking on that documentary, and they're asking him what Undertaker means to him, and he gets so yeah. choked up that he can't talk about it, and then it became symbolic of everything. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, my whole Instagram like discovery feed, <laughs> like ninety percent of it was Vince McMahon crying memes. It's oh, TikTok is full of it, dude. Yeah, it's and hilarious. it'd be like like. Christian worship artists I know don't know what it's from. They'd be like, "Tell me where you were when this you know, song came out." I'm like, "Y'all don't even know that's from." But like, exactly. it's cool to me that like that's there, you know. Or like, girls, you know, going to see a movie. Like, tell me where you were when you went to saw Saltburn or something like in the theater. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your favorite scene in Saltburn. <laughs> they do that little thing. So whatever. It's you big Saltburn fan? <laughs> it was all over the stock at the time too. <laughs> I did watch it. Oh really? Was it good? It was what it was. I've seen, we'll talk about it later. I've seen worse. I mean, I've seen movies that, like, it wasn't as, there's some weird scenes in it. But it I heard like, there's some weird stuff in it. It wasn't like anything, like, when you just take them out of context, it's like, oh, but like you see, it's like, okay, that makes sense. Right, right. But I don't condone it, but it makes sense. But then, like, I've seen Rec Room for a Dream, which is the, oh, way, oh, sure. tops this movie. No. Way, yeah. So, but, uh, anyway. Barry Keegan, he's good. He's good. He's a good actor. He's committed. Too. He's committed. <laughs> he should be committed, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> and then uh folks. Uh Takers Podcast, six feet under. Not a ton really to report on there. I do have a really cool note that we're gonna talk about during our uh costume video discussions that I learned on there. But uh uh there's some, you know, he's putting up continue putting out up. So they're actually on a pause right now while his studio is getting built. So they're gonna come back again in February. Uh but yeah, great right. story. He's for the rumble, dude. That's what, just kidding. <laughs> you heard it here first. No. Um uh, he told a great, great story about um, <laughs> WrestleMania Seven, uh, the Nasty Boys getting high with Willie Nelson Ooh, uh, nice. backstage, and they gave him the tag team titles on his bus after they got high. And then, like an hour later, they were like, "Oh shoot, we gotta go get." <laughs> and Willie was pissed. Like, <laughs> he had to, had to give him back the tag team titles, so that was worth listening to. I think that clip made it to YouTube, uh, so people oh. can check it out. I have a news bit of WWE. It has nothing to do with Taker, but um, Nick Khan was on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. Nick Khan's a cool dude. I think he's <laughs> a really cool dude. Anyway, him and McAfee are tight. I like McAfee too. But uh, he was telling the story about how he first got introduced to like Triple H, I guess. Mm. And he said that it was after, I guess right. he was Tebow's agent. Have you seen this? And after Tebow yeah, got I heard cut about by this. the Patriots. Yeah, like they tried to hook up and say, well, let's do him in, I think it was Big Show, maybe, at WrestleMania. Right. Which would have been WrestleMania 30, because it would have been 2014. Bro. So, uh, try, almost had Tebow in a WWE ring in 2014. That's crazy, dude. That's wild. So, I, I know, I couldn't even, like, process that. Yeah. It doesn't even make sense. That's wild. <laughs> and now, that guy is the president of the company. <laughs> it's just crazy. Tim so, Tebow's? No, Nick Khan. <laughs> Nick Khan. President of WWE. So it's crazy, dude. Crazy yeah, man. times. Crazy Tebow world. couldn't cut it in the NFL, Major League Baseball, or WWE, man. <laughs> what a loser. Yeah. What are you going to do? Hey, <laughs> he's a cool guy. He can cut it on SC Network. His hair can't cut it. His, <laughs> his hair drives me crazy, dude. So anyway, I like them guy, though. 
Well, uh, we got to mention also WWE 2K24 uh, was announced a couple days ago officially, and it looks like one of our favorite match features is going to be back. Uh, not only is The Undertaker going to be a huge part of the 40 years of WrestleMania mode on there, he's on that cover, one of the three covers for the game, but yeah. uh, the, the casket match is coming back to WWE video games. Return of the casket match. Exactly, dude. That's a good song. Turn up the casket match. I think that back. plays on the menu. I think it does. Yeah. 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 Montel Williams. Is that who I think that? Montel <laughs> Jordan. I don't know who thinks that. <laughs> One of those. One of those. Montel Montez Porter. Will you be getting this game? Yeah. No, I haven't owned a game since WWE 13 or whatever it's called mm-hmm. with Punk on the front. So, but no, I am pumped though because Cody's on the front, Rhea and Bianca on the other cover. And uh, I just, I love all three of those people they deserve it i think it's fantastic i'm glad it's not a i'm glad it's not a um superstar of your you know i love when when like uh austin's on there or something like that or ray was on it last year i think but like this is the guy to me right now cody so and then like i said bianca and Rhea are the top of the food chain and the women's side too so yeah they deserve well deserved no question absolutely so yeah just a couple of news and notes uh, i thought we could talk about here but uh man we got a long intro here let's get into the meat and Whoa, potatoes yeah. here uh coliseum home video classics like i said they are on the peacock on the home video classics channel um or, or label under there it can be kind of hard to find kind of confusing but uh search around a little bit in, uh, on there you can find all of these or I, I honestly you can just go to the search bar on peacock I which is what i did yeah. yeah they're pretty easy to find uh by doing that and I will post a list of all these in the show notes if you want to go watch them. And I'm sure uh, by now I've posted them to our social media at Talking Taker. Uh, if you want to watch these, uh, we're not watching along with them. We're doing no, old no, school no. Talking Taker style. We've already watched them. So we're just going to kind of go back and forth doing some recaps, talking about our favorite <laughs> moments from them. Uh, but uh, some of them are definitely worth watching. And we'll tell you which ones. <laughs> Maybe some of these other ones you can skip. But uh, I'm ready to go to the video store, man. I've got my original movie gallery jacket that i Perfect. earned while working there from points from selling upselling people uh there yes, at sir. the store very proud to earn this uh, i got my barbs video from homer alaska awesome <laughs> when i went there on a family trip in 2016 one of the last video stores standing um and then this was a christmas present from my mom and dad the glare on there kind of hard to see this was my original video store card from when we lived in Tennessee when I was wow. a kid when I was four or five years old my mom found it like going through some stuff and uh you know I'm a big video store nostalgia person and collector that's crazy put in a little frame and uh just a cute little Christmas present that's crazy mom and dad well, I'm, I'm ready with my Abdul the Butcher ass so. <laughs> that's right yeah. I feel like it's that's making place, its return it should have been right next door to a, a, a homegrown video store Oh, it basically what Happy China was next to ours. Our, That's uh, right. Yeah, to go. Sure. Yeah. yeah. At our hometown. Same so, yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, let's hop in the time traveling hearse and let's go rent some tapes, man. Uh, we're going to take it all the way back almost as early as we could possibly go yeah. when discussing The Undertaker here to Super Tape Volume 4. And this match is going to be from December 12th. 1990 and uh if you listen to this podcast you probably know the undertaker debuted 
November 22nd, 22nd. 1990. So, you know, just 20 days old. <laughs> 20 days old is when this match yeah. was taped. Couldn't be almost any fresher yeah. here. Uh, and this is going to be The Undertaker versus Tugboat. <laughs> Diesel. A fan favorite match requested by Lorne Goodman of Wichita, Kansas. Not a real name. That's not a real guy. Lorne could not wait to see this. Match. Yeah. Yeah. He dude. saw the Undertaker debut and he's like, I know just the man for him. Yeah. Tuggy. Oh, tuggy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, uh, man. Tell us about the intro to this tape, man. Oh, yeah. Go First of all, the entire opening of this tape, it's Sean Mooney. He's got a Playmate cooler, which just took me back, dude. Not a Playmate and a cooler, a Playmate cooler. <laughs> Definitely. So, Sean Mooney did yeah. not have any Playmates. <laughs> so, and then he goes and gets in the official Coliseum video van. It is it's like a piece of construction paper is written on there and taped to the side of my mom's van. Basically, my mom had an old conversion van, two of them when I was younger. And uh, we had many a good time in those. Vans. Oh yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I put the same thing in my notes. Man. Yeah, you know, took me right back thing. to childhood in your van. Yeah, and he gets it, and the special driver is Lord Alfred Hayes, who's going to have to drive him to the Coliseum home video. Oh yeah, place to give the the you know whatever the negative of it, so they can put it on this this cassette tape for us. So, but yeah, it just took me back, dude, um, to childhood and riding in those that, my mom's van. So. Right. This, this was like Inception because Sean Mooney has Super yeah. Tape 4 that he's yeah. taking to deliver, but we're watching Watch, Super Tape yeah. 4. We're watching him deliver. It didn't make I, Christopher Nolan got his start. He directed Super it. Tape yeah. 4, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, the van breaks down and we have to watch this match. And I don't know which one is worse, yeah. uh, being <laughs> stuck in the van with Mooney and Hayes or having to watch this match. But uh um, depends well, on what he had in the cooler. If he had some Dr. Pepper, it'd be fine. It'd be okay? <laughs> yeah. Make it. I'm making some DP in the cooler. (laughs) Well, this is so early that actually we don't even have Paul Bear here. We still got Brother Love with The Undertaker, another rare thing that there's not a ton of footage of here. So it's kind of cool to see. We've only covered, what, three matches? Four? This may be our third Maybe not even that. Because there was Royal Rumble. And then maybe we did another Coliseum video. His debut. so That's maybe four it. matches with Brother Love. It's just crazy, dude. Like, yeah. you know, out of 221 episodes, we got Brother Love. And maybe it didn't four. last long. So, yeah. And for better, you know, for better. Yeah. So no question. But um, it's interesting uh, that um, his walk to the ring. It's just we talk so much about how he had to develop that presence and that character and how much it grew. Um, this is one of his earliest matches ever, you know, but. Uh, he's that walk to the ring is so much faster paced than we've come to grow used to. Cause again, he's still finding it's 20 days, dude. He hasn't got the character exactly yet. You know, like it's, it's a work in progress, but it's still what he's got going is perfect. It, we, we don't know what it's going to become at this point in time, you know, like how much better it's going to be. But like, it's just funny to see what we know now, but like, dude, he's like running to the ring basically compared to what he does, yeah. you know, in 20, you know, 19 or something, you know? So it's funny. But you're right. He has, it does show how naturally this character came to him in a lot of ways. So it's definitely going to grow in a lot of ways, but we still seeing a lot of these, a lot of the elements that we'd see for years are, are yeah. there right away, which is incredible. Yeah. And, uh, Man, I tell you what, we're going to give Tugboat some crap in this match, but he does get a reaction from this crowd, dude. Monster pop. (laughs) 
like guys on the current roster would be jealous of the pop that Tugboat gets in. Sure. You know? It's crazy, dude. But yeah, Mooney and Hayes are on commentary. And dude, I just made a note that like even guys in this crowd are scared of Taker. Like they don't know what yeah. to do. Like they're kind of frightened. They don't know what to make him. And it's funny because when Taker comes out and he's announced from Death Valley, Sean Mooney says he should have more of a tan if he's from Death Valley, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Sean. Mooney's got the zingers. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lord Alfred said, wonders how they secured such a match because surely no Undertaker would never want to face Tugboat. And I just wrote, I don't think anybody would want to face Tugboat because this guy's a goof. Yeah. Dude. But uh, these guys, there's, it's cool to see him face off because they are pretty huge. And Undertaker yeah. actually is a little bit taller than mm-hmm. Tugboat, which which you don't see very often. And, uh, man, they go eye to eye. Tugboat tries a couple shoulder blocks, and Taker does not budge. And uh, pretty early on, uh, they already start flubbing it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take long. No, it doesn't. It takes about 48 seconds and taker does the drop down and tugboat goes over him then taker tries to leapfrog him but i don't know if tugboat just didn't duck far enough because taker definitely jumped high enough and so uh taker kind of improvises and comes down with like an elbow on tugboat it's like it's, it's, a, it's a quick call in the air he makes it work you know for a young guy does I mean, he? he makes he makes <laughs> the best chicken soup he can oh, out of man. Or the chicken salad he can out of the chicken crap he was served. So he, the fact that he, he was even able to think of it that quickly was I, I was impressed with. No, it looks like crap, but it's like the fact that he was able to move that quickly. But yeah, comes down and then commentary try to cover them up for the mishap. You know, oh they, yeah, yeah. Lord Alfred's like, oh, most innovative move there from yeah. the Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically yeah. just collapsed on each other. Tugboat steps over, oh. and the Undertaker. So he were going to attempt a, a leapfrog, changed his mind, and just brought his knee right into the shoulder of the big boss man. I mean, excuse me, of tugboats. That was way off of that one. A most innovative move there by the Undertaker. As you say, quite rightly, he went for that leapfrog, realized he couldn't make that tremendous height, and changed it into a knee straight to the side of the face. A great move by the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking, watch this. I don't know who is calling this match because it is, they just do not seem on the same page for the entirety of it, man. Uh, and it's so weirdly, the, it de- nothing in the the flow of the match is totally off besides yeah. them watching moves. But like, Taker goes for an elbow, misses. Tugboat hits his ugly clothesline. He goes for an elbow and misses. And they're just kind of taking turns doing moves. Nobody's really in control. Nobody's really yeah. selling. It's just, it's ugly. Yeah. Taker finally gets, you know, controlled and well, not really controlled, but he starts working over the back and the legs of Dol Tuggy. And then Sean Mooney calls him the Pell Destroyer. So twenty days in, he's the Pell Destroyer. Yeah, yeah. So, they said that a lot on some of these tapes. So yeah, come up a few times. Yeah, Taker's gonna miss a corner splash, and then Taker Tugboat tries to body slam him, but Taker kind of just as he picks him up, he just kind of falls on him and kind yeah. of goes for the pin there. So. I don't know Which if that was, was supposed to happen or not. <laughs> I think it was, but that was so surprising to see yeah. um you know a super heavyweight like Tugboat do that spot. Yeah. Because Undertaker clearly doesn't weigh as much as Tugboat. Right. You, know, you would think that spot would be the other way around. Exactly. But uh Tugboat puts him over there. And uh it was at this point that I noticed just how disgusting Brother Love's little rat tail ponytail was. <laughs> I could not stop looking at it on the outside. 
Um, and I, the, the stuff on the inside was ugly too. They're just trading these awful punches with each other. Uh, Taker does go up for old school. Uh, he's already doing that this early yeah. on, and Tugboat pulls him down. And then big pop for that. Big pop. We just that. did. We yeah. do get a pop, and we're gonna get another big pop here in a second. But um, did you notice a little wardrobe malfunction Undertaker was having mm. here? Yeah, his old stockings, silk stockings, were down. Yeah, you know? they weren't quite held up. No, I don't know that I can remember ever seeing that. But yeah, those little mm. gray stockings that he wears over his boots, they had like like a grandpa's socks yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. that have worn out the like a, uh, around the top. Yeah, they're just all the way down to his ankles. So that looked bad and good thing he fixed yeah. that in the future. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, then Tugboat's going to hit a big old power slam. And yeah, the crowd popped when uh, he hit that power slam on Undertaker. But then he doesn't cover him. He doesn't cover him. Like, where's the psychology here? So apparently then, he like he knocked himself out doing the power oh, really? slam. I think that's what the announcers were trying to oh, say. Oh, yeah. They're like trying to he hit his that. head somehow. Yeah. It was very strange finish. Yeah. So then Tager sits up, uh, hits or tugboat, boots him in the face, hits his head, the turnbuckle tugboat misses a splash. Now his turn. Tager goes up top and then he he so tugboat's laying in the ring. Tager takes a couple steps across the top rope, dives off, hits the elbow to the chest. And uh, covers him yeah. in one, two, three. So <laughs> interesting, you know, it was unique interesting finisher. Yeah. Finisher, yeah. He couldn't do the tombstone on Tugboat, I guess. No. Uh, so this is what he went with. And we, we saw him, some of those, uh, we watched a couple things. of Jana- J- uh, J- Japanese matches. Yeah, he does a little <laughs> rope walk elbow. This was like a version of that. So that was, mm-hmm. that was neat to see. But uh, my As a finisher, goodness, yeah. What a mess. Yeah, well, I was at this point, I was like, dude, what did Alex pick for this? Thing? I was like, are we going to be doing this the whole night? Like, this yeah. Is, oh, man. But no, it gets it gets better. So. I had some second thoughts after watching that match. <laughs> yeah, I was but, like, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> it is unique, uh, certainly, to see such an early Undertaker match. So I think it's worthwhile for noting. And uh, we talked about this way, way early on. But these guys uh, fought on a lot of house shows back then on the road to wrestlemania 7 and this was undertaker's first real house show feud uh so it's cool to see one of those matches live on here uh don't ever need to see it again (laughs) and uh things do get slightly better from here as we keep going to uh our next volume yeah this is uh it's called super tape 92 but it's actually super tape 5 this is the next one so i don't know it's like uh they skipped from four to 92 they have 88 of them that are you know, they're, they're lost somewhere it's like wrestlemania yep. 2000 you know <laughs> it's like wait a minute 15 was last year exactly <laughs> now it's, it's 2000 so this was interesting to me i, I have a little story about this yes please tell us your so, story well first of all sean mooney says we're gonna see every match from this tuesday in texas on this show on this tape which i'm like wow that's cool at the time you know because you're like i get a pay-per-view on this cassette tape. But anyway, um, so, okay. Sean Mooney is going to introduce us to this taker match here. He's in front of this little graveyard background thing. And my oldest, no, it was my, yeah, it was my oldest son. He walks up and he looks at, he's like, what'd you watch? I told him I was, you know, doing some talk to taker. And he's like, that looks just like you. <laughs> to which I too. Sean Mooney. I'm just kidding. Just like yeah. <laughs> Sean Mooney. I look just like him. And I was like, he goes and gets my youngest son and my daughter and they come in there and to try to confirm his suspicions of does this look like dad? And, um, my middle child, my, my second son, he's agreed that it looked like 
me as well. And then Logan, my daughter, she says, no, it's not dad. So she's my favorite child at the moment right now because she thinks she's the only one who's correct and says, I do not like, but she, he like made me pull a picture up of me with like short hair. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just like you dad. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Don't insult me that way. So you shut your mouth. You're talking to me. So yeah, I hated it. How's your confidence feeling now after that? Well, this hat, it feels good. But right at that okay. moment, I was bad. I was down in the dumps. <laughs> it's heartbroken. It was, yeah, it was rough, man. I just watched this dumb tugboat match. And now I get told I'm like Sean Moody. Like, is it getting any worse at this point? I don't know. I don't know if it gets any worse than that, man. Yeah. I'm sorry that happened to you. But uh, yeah, I think you're a beautiful man. You know, <laughs> I don't you. think you have to worry about that. Thank you. <laughs> I'll be the Lord Alfred to your Sean Moody anytime. <laughs> Well, this is a cool tape because The Undertaker is going to be the subject of the Coliseum Video profile yeah. on this tape. So they actually do a whole segment about him with some of his highlights. And uh, they show a highlight, and then they cut to just an image of him yeah. <laughs> pulling a face at the camera. And then another highlight. <laughs> it's, real, it's real goofy. Um, it's not as good as the time, uh, the last time we covered these tapes when we were at Paul Bear's house. Right. Know? Paul Bear, and he had his private bar with <laughs> Bloody Mary and Bloody Julie, Ooh, yeah. and Bloody Tom, <laughs> all the drinks. But it is, um, we do see Ooh. Bear in uh, their sanctuary admiring some caskets, and yeah. uh, Taker invites us to look at one of his recent burials. This is going to be Undertaker versus The Hammer, Greg Valentine, from October 14th, 1991. Uh, of course, The Hammer was on Undertaker's team at Survivor Series 1990, uh, but now he's turned to babyface. I don't know how Greg The Hammer Valentine could ever be a babyface. You would never describe his face as a babyface no. in any situation. But here we go. Um, you a big Greg Valentine fan? I think in theory I am, but then like when I see him in his later years, I think I'm not. But like I, I do, I don't know, man. Like I just remember when Triple H was in that 2003, 2002 era or three or four era, he looked like Greg the Hammer to me, like the bit. hair, and he got kind of bloated too. So it was just like he reminded me of Greg the Hammer at that point. I just, um, I don't know, man. You had a great description of him in your notes. Yeah, he. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a guy to me that's just drank a 24-pack of beer. Then he golfed 18 holes, probably with John Daly. Did some other nefarious things, like Wolf of Wall Street or something. And then, like, then just walks into the, like, <laughs> arena and is ready to go. Like, he just doesn't look like he's there. Like, I don't know, man. Doesn't he look like he's just there for a paycheck. Like, he's doing all the other extracurricular things and then just showing up in the ring. But no, you know, I don't mean to disparage him but uh sounds like i do but i don't no. but it just that's my opinion <laughs> that's exact i mean I, I when i was a kid that's kind of a great way to describe it that's how i thought of him like this something about his face was so funny yeah. to me and his yeah. body i just couldn't believe he was on a mainstream professional right. wrestling show and he's a great 
worker, very yeah. entertaining. Something about his. I mean, uh, nowadays he looks like you know your your old middle school gym teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just I don't know, man. It's, I, I, the way you described it is, is kind of perfect. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and like here to me, he felt like he was trying to channel Ric Flair a lot here too. Like I don't for know. sure he's got a sexy robe he comes out in is uh, superb. You can't but, disparage his robe. His robe game is on point. Yeah, but like the robe, the hair, like the just the tight colors and stuff. It just looked like trying to be flair. I don't know. No, I don't know if that's wrong or not, but that's just what I felt like. Well, certainly. I mean, they're of that generation. They were probably trying to be more like, you know, Buddy Rogers or something. Oh, like absolutely. They, they're yeah. probably about the same age, so they're kind of yeah. doing the same thing here. Yeah. Um, so we got Gorilla and Lord Alfred on commentary here. We get a little break from the Moon Man, um, Man in the Moony. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> he's in that playmate cooler backstage <laughs> that greg greg valentine left in the gorilla position <laughs> well gorilla says the hammer has without question sealed the caskets on lots of careers in the world wrestling yeah. federation and then he says the hammer loves to get pounded on and i, I know what yeah he I guess loves you're to right. do some pounding he likes to pound back a few cold bruce guys <laughs> out there on the links so but I, I thought it was interesting. Taker is definitely still a heel here, but we are already seeing some of those classic foam tombstones in yeah. the crowd, which is mind blowing to me that they were selling merch like that for a heel already at that time. Yeah, because I mean it's just a couple months later that he's going to be babyface, right? Uh, it is. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird that they were marketing that. You know, those and yeah, there were quite a bit of them in the crowd, which I thought was cool. So, but uh, match gets started here and. Um, uh, Taker does a little throat thrust and hits uh, Valentine's head to the turnbuckle, and Hammer kind of boots him and chops him in the corner. Has some good chops too, very flare-like. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then uh, Irish whips him, but Taker does a little drop-down throat thrust. It kind of Gold Dust and Cody Rhodes would be famous for later on. Does the same kind of one and yep. hits it again, and then he starts choking Valentine on the ropes, which is just a classic heel move, you know, classic heel move there. Exactly. Um. And then we get to a historic moment in this match, which I didn't, again, everything kind of working out fate wise for this episode, but I did not realize this when I picked this match for us to discuss, but Undertaker recently talked about this exact match on the six feet under podcast. And, uh, it was a fan Q and a episode recently. And the fan asked, um, was the eyes rolling into the back of your head? That's one of your signature things. Was that something you planned or is that something that just kind of happened naturally? And Taker said, I actually remember the very first time I did it. And it was a match against Greg Valentine and it was for TV. Uh, and as far as I know, this is the only one of those matches wow. that exists. Awesome. So I'm pretty 99% confident that this is the match he's talking about. But he said, and this is the moment right here when he happens, he chokes him in the corner, mm-hmm. which we've seen him do a million times, and just kind of didn't even realize he was doing it. He, so he was sitting on his butt in the corner, and I was going to choke him in the corner. So I, you know, I reared back, and I put the choke on him. And when I did, my eye, I just rolled my eyes back. I don't, it wasn't anything I had thought about previously. I just did it, and then rolled my eyes when I did it. And I, it was just, I don't, I came back from, you know, from the match. It was, a, it was a televised match and I came back and everyone is just freaking out 
like, what was that? What was the eye roll thing? That was the creepiest thing, you know? And, uh, yes, yeah. So it just happened organically. It was just like, I was so, I was so engrossed in the character and, uh, I really hadn't even, didn't even know that I had, I had done it. And so it became a signature for it's crazy. Yeah. And crazy. it just birthed right here in this match in this moment. So if you want to see history being made, uh, you can watch this match. Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. I'm glad he just shared it recently. So pretty neat. And then he does another classic thing that the ref intimidation after that, that's you know, right. The ref always wants to break him up and break up the choke in the corner, but he does ref intimidation. Valentine then wakes up and hits some kicks, double ax handle chops, punches, Arm wrenches. It's this old school oh, match, yeah. you know. Old um, school offense right there. Yeah. Yep. Hits an Irish whip and then uh, Taker hits a big boot on him. And then Valentine, again, does a flare flop. Like he, he's really channeling his flare here. So, and even on the finish, he's going to go for it in a second. Uh, he's just very flares. But he does a big flare flop here. But I, I like it. Dude, I like I, flare I, I'm calling this a Valentine flop because what, what Valentine does different is he does the delay. Like, yeah. Yeah. Taker hit him with the boot, and Valentine just stood there for like three seconds before yeah. he flopped. And like, yeah. I need a Twitter account where it's just gifts of Greg Valentine <laughs> flopping. flopping. <laughs> they are some solid flops. I love He's it. He's a good flopper. Um, and I I enjoyed commentary. I, I like some of the commentary on these costume matches because you can tell they just don't care. They're just yeah. sitting in the studio getting drunk all day, probably <laughs> watching Valentine. a ton of these matches, maybe. Uh, because Lord Alvin and Gorilla, they just start dogging on Valentine, asking, yeah. why is he not doing more to take, to take her off his feet? And Lord yeah. Alvin's like, well, that's why he's not a champion. Just yeah. <laughs> ripping on the paper. I was like, goo. He must have not shared his gold ones with him or something i don't I know guess yeah not, he just man. ripping on him dude. left like, him with the bar tip something yeah so that's uh, fun though taker hits a diving clothesline uh but then he misses an elbow drop which he does in a ton of these matches and uh i, I didn't write who it was on commentary but one of them says hoisted on his own petard it must have been lord alfred yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely oh well valentine's gonna get up and capitalize and hit a figure four uh, so then Paul Bear is going to get right. up on the apron, distract Valentine. Taker sits up and hits him from behind because Valentine, of course, the babyface breaks the hold when the heel manager gets up on the apron. That's just classic what you got to do. And then uh, Valentine turns around and gets Tombstone, and that's it, folks. That is it. <laughs> back we go back to the funeral home, and Undertaker says it's time for the pain and suffering to continue. Uh, yep. And then we're not going to cover it here, but they do on the tape show his big win over Jimmy yeah. Snooker, the beginning of the streak uh, at WrestleMania 7. Um, Taker just did a recent full hour episode of Six Feet Under talking about that match. Oh, um, cool. Talking about you know what it meant and the buildup, beginnings of the streak, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then, like you said, this tape includes the Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view, which has Undertaker dropping the championship to Hulk Hogan. So there's three Taker matches on this tape. And uh, just early on, putting him over as just kind of a massive star. Uh, we're yeah. seeing that star power here as he continues to become a, a pivotal part of the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah. And, uh, it's just going to continue to grow here uh, as we go to Invasion. Not Invasion 2001, Invasion no. 92, yeah. right here. Nine uh, years before that. Pretty awesome looking match on paper here for Hall of Famers. 
The Undertaker is going to tag team with Jake the Snake Roberts against Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the Macho Man Randy Savage from December 4th, 1991. Yeah. So, yeah, big, um, big names right there. Just really cool. And th- this is why you got Coliseum videos because to watch matches like this, you know, like with these big names on it. Because not, not to watch the intros for this tape? Like the Star Trek spoof? Yeah. So because it's invasion, it's all it's how much money do you think they spent on these sets and I mean not, eleven not a lot. Eleven dollars <laughs> maximum. Like just it's so bad. Like the outfits are bad, the makeup is bad. Like there's a there's an actual alien sitting there with them. Like it's so bad, but I love Was it. Was that and an alien? So, I wasn't sure what you should call that. Ah, I mean, it was like one of those disturbing Rolf guys from uh, from Next Generation. Yeah, but uh, even Alfred Hayes is doing a Scottish accent, like Scotty. You know, he's he's already English, but he's doing a you know <laughs> it's just Scottish accent. You know, it's great. And uh, Sean Mooney is Captain Kirk, and uh, I was just like, what is that? Again, at this point, I was like, yeah, are we really doing this? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. But the tag so match. Good. No, I loved it. I loved it. Kidding. Well, I, I definitely, I think uh, we did an episode on dream matches for Undertaker, fantasy warfare yeah. matches we wish we would have seen. I think both of us said we would have loved to see a Macho Man Undertaker oh. singles. Oh, <laughs> we covered Undertaker and Hacksaw last time we did this. Oh, yeah. Um, but Undertaker Macho. Uh, so it's cool to actually see them get some in-ring interaction. It's not going to be much here. Uh, but it's cool to finally see it here on this tape. Um, it, Jake and Undertaker are going to be out first, and they don't come out together. So commentary, which is uh, Mooney and Hayes, are like, ah, maybe some dissension in the ranks between these two guys. Makes sense. Then the baby faces don't come out together either. <laughs> they they just ignore that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bear comes out with the urn first, and Taker's behind him, which, again, that's what we're going to grow accustomed to um again not as methodical of a walk but still you know still put those pieces together for the entrance but still an intimidating and a quite a presence you know no matter what so and then as hacksaw comes out jake's like in the ring whispering something to paul bear uh i don't know but he like says something in his ear and bears gonna like gives him his big eyes i don't know if it's supposed to be in character or if it's like he just told him a dirty joke i, think I don't so. know because it could have been like telling him who he was with last night you know which they call them ring rats back then. It's not PC, but I'm just saying for the time. You know, oh, you got the snakes and the rats. You know, that's what you yeah. had. Snakes got it. Never mind. Uh, you take it from here. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, take uh, Jake's and Savage are gonna fight. You know, right off the bat, they're in the middle of their little blood feud here. Yeah. Um, it ends up being Taker and Duggan starting the match, and Paul Bearer has the urn on the outside. I don't know if you noticed this, but he's like rattling it, and it sounds like there's like rocks inside of the urn. Yeah, I don't know like what he put had a on in there. Necklace of pearls in there, and just like shaking it around. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You pop rocks. That's right. No, I don't know, but yeah, like I said, the Jake and Macho. That's kind of the story. This match is who's in the ring, who's not. Did they have the actual feud? Taker and Duggan are just there, basically, and so. Uh, Macho's kind of acting like a heel sometimes too, just the way he's just ignoring the ref and kind of going after Jake. But it's because it's a personal feud. I'm fine with that. It's That's a right. it's a blood feud, you know. Because um, he interrupted the uh, he. What was it? How did their whole thing start? Was it at the wedding or after the wedding? Uh, yeah, yeah. They had um, 
uh, Jake put the snake in the yeah. in the wedding box gift, yeah. and yeah, then the snake bites Macho's arm. Yeah, you know, classic, classic, one of the greatest rivalries yeah. ever. There, yeah, this is a cool, just classic tag team formula match. As uh, Taker is going to work over Duggan, Randy argues with the ref, so the ref gets distracted. Taker and Snaker double teaming Duggan. Taker and Snaker. Taker and Snaker. Um, Duggan gets over to get the hot tag on Savage, and then Randy's you know all over Jake. It's a double axe handle from the top. It's it's good stuff from four absolute professionals here. Uh, just just know how to work this formula. Yeah, um, I think we're about here. Yeah, Jake tags in Hacksaws reverses tags in Macho Man Big Pop. You know, like I said, Macho's taking it to. I think you might already mention this part, but anyway, you know, refs distracted. Hacksaw. Uh, he sorry refs distracted by hacksaw and he backs up in the taker and the ref just freaks out so it's, yeah. it's a little bit more than ref intimidation he's like ah, right. he's frightened it's kind of like in a you know cheesy horror movie when you back into the you know the villain right there but it's it's fun though jake tags in um i think no no i'm sorry taker's muslin a macho on the top on the rope there he's kind of got the it's not a choke it's it's a hand over the over the mouth you know, right which right. Is, i don't know what you call that i call the muzzle so anyway but well, the crowd's chanting for Macho Man. I mean, they're into it as Undertaker's working him over. Uh, Taker chokes him down, body slams him. And then his signature at this time, he goes for an elbow drop and misses the elbow drop. And the other guy gets up. Um, Savage is going to tag in Duggan. Duggan's going crazy, but Taker cuts him off here. Um, Jake gets back in. Trade some punches on Duggan. Hits that sh- classic, love the short arm clothesline. Oh, Check the one of my favorites. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to go for the DDT, but Macho's going to come in and cut that off. Clotheslines Jake. Then Macho just dips out and grabs a chair and comes in and hits the Undertaker in the gut with it. <laughs> then, he hits, then he hits Jake with a chair, and the ref finally DQs him. Doesn't DQ him when he hits Taker. No. He DQs him when he hits uh, when he hits. Uh, Whoever <laughs> Jake with it, yeah, and then uh, yeah, then Hacksaw grabs his two by four and hits Taker with it, and the baby faces are standing tall with the weapons in their hands. Yeah, and they win, they lose by a DQ. So uh, yeah, strange. But Undertaker he holds a win over the Macho Man in that match by disqualification. So uh, he's got a win in the record books over the Macho Man there. So that was neat, and certainly just a cool match to see historically to see all these guys uh, against each other here. Um, yeah. My my only complaint was at the end, the comment or throughout the match that they're talking about. We've never seen them take her down like this. Blah blah. I'm like, didn't he just lose a title like a week ago? Technically, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I don't know. I was just like, uh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the tape ends after I that guess, with yeah. uh, Sean and Alfred getting left behind on a dark planet, uh, never to be heard from again. So stay there. Uh, <laughs> I wish they would have. Uh, Rick Scott. Uh, we're gonna leave that planet. We're gonna go to the UK. Uh, Another planet. UK Rampage '92. Uh, a tape I had never seen before. I believe it was oh, a yeah? UK exclusive. Uh, so it's cool that it's uploaded here on Peacock. And this was similar to um, a show we covered. I think it was Rampage '91. I think it might have been yeah. on on the last tape or Battle Royal at the Albert Hall. Maybe it was called that. But this is a live show that was broadcast exclusively on Sky Sports in the yeah. UK that they released as a tape here. And on that 
tape, we're going to get uh, the third match on the card is a future WrestleMania main event. The Undertaker and Sid Justice from April 19th, 1992. And uh, this is right after Undertaker has turned babyface and yeah. Sid has turned heel. So they've sort of switched the dynamics here. And I mean, We've seen these guys in Memphis together. We, we uh, covered a lot of their rivalry with each other. Monsters. Different aspect of it here. It is, man. And one cool thing before we get into that is just like I, this this tape feels bigger. It feels more because it is a show that was on Sky Sports or whatever. Like it just feels like a pay-per-view almost like or a bigger deal than just random matches. So that kind of gave it a different feel, kind of changed it up a bit as we were going through these. But um, I agree. Yeah. Um, Sid gives this. <laughs> Sean Mooney's going to interview Harvey Wilkman and Sid Justice, and I'm going to try to do this part of this promo some justice here, because he's talking about. Okay, well, you have to do it Sid style, which is trying to not move your teeth as much as possible when right, you talk. That's what I noticed about him. <sighs> okay. Just to talk like this. You know, when you think of the Undertaker, I have to ask you a question. Behind that pale face of yours, what lies behind it? <laughs> Which is like stupid. Anyway, it's simple. I know what's behind that pale face. It's fear. And he tells us about the book he read, which I don't believe that he's ever read a book. No, we have the Sid Justice Book Club right here. <laughs> yeah, it's called The Night of the Juggler. And I want to remind you of something. I know you do no reading because you are not smart enough to even talk for yourself. I read a book. It's called The Night of the Juggler. And right before he is to finish his victims, the last thing he does, he takes their throat completely out. All right. Have you read that book before? No, I've never. I like to read, but I've never read The Night of the Juggler. We did not get assigned that in school. Tell us what it's about here. Well, I looked it up. It's a real book. Uh, it was made into a movie in 1980 starring uh, James Brolin. He probably watched that then. I, <laughs> well, when I Googled it, the only thing that came up was the movie. I had okay. to really dig deep to find the book. But it was a book. And uh, apparently it's about a serial killer who rips his victim's throats out. And uh, Sid says that's what he's going to do to the Undertaker tonight. And he's the superior being. And he the world. Yeah. So. It's a great promo. It is. It is. He would be. He's like he's trying to be a ventriloquist, but he's intense. <laughs> that's like, it. That's he like an SNL skit. The most intense ventriloquist, and he'd just be Sid. Talking. It's just Sid. Oh, this guy's like this ventriloquist sucks. <laughs> That'd be a great SNL skit. I can't see your face. I'm mean, not on. Yeah, it is. Anyway, just sweating. Faces <laughs> red. Blood. Like veins are popping out of his neck. Oh my goodness. Anyway, that's well. Then we go to the other locker room. Lord Alfred's with Taker and Paul Bear, and Lord Alfred says Sid has positively stated that he rules the world and has made a mockery of them. And Paul Bear says there's no justice in death, and Sid must answer the call of death coming knocking at his door. Sid Justice, I followed you across the great sea to present you with a gift. A gift that must be hand-delivered. The gift is a tombstone. Rest in peace. Sit. Justice. This match, about to erupt, I now 
send you back to the ringside. What a match this is going to be. I the Maniacal one against the man who never sleeps, Brain. The Undertaker. Death never takes a holiday. Or death does take a holiday. Depends who you are. Huh. Mental sick. Hand delivered. Rest tombstones. Can you imagine the price on that? DoorDash tombstone. Ship it across man. the sea. Oh, my. Yeah, international Which shipping. is actually an ocean, not a sea. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, rest in peace to justice, he says. So we got Gorilla and Heenan on commentary, which I was Ooh. just like, thank you, baby Jesus. We got exactly. Bobby Heenan here. So, but Gorilla, he's oh. worked up, man. He says this match is the maniacal one versus the man who never sleeps. It's like he couldn't think of anything on his body. He, like, hesitated. Because so, he goes, just... he's like, the man who never <laughs> sleeps. Yeah. Death takes a holiday. And he just like keeps trying to come up in the sentence with something that makes like he's sense. He's doing an improv skit with himself. He can't quite land <laughs> yeah. on something good. But that's a new nickname. Yeah. I don't think we've heard that one before. The man yeah. who never sleeps. The man who never sleeps. So anyway. Uh, Dr. Harvey Whippleman uh, threatens to slap the ring announcer, Mike McGurk, before uh, he takes the mic away from her and gives us Sid's intro. And uh, he says Taker's going to get the beating of his stinking life. And tells everyone to stand up on their feet. And this is where Gorilla redeemed himself. <laughs> yeah. Because he goes, where else would you stand? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm with him, dude. So annoyed with Harvey Whipple. That's like when people say, I fell down. I'm like, you can just say I fell. I know you fell down. Like, you don't have to say that. You can say I fell. But, oh. Yeah. That's great, dude. Where else would you stand up on? So, yeah. Brain, Bobby Bobby says that Sigmund Freud would have a field day with Sid as he makes his entrance. But no, he's not wrong. Yeah. He's not. Um, Taker gets a great pop when he comes out. There's some great Taker signs in the crowd. There's a ton of Bart Simpson t-shirts in the crowd, which just screams 1992 to me. Bobby Heenan for president sign over Mm. in the UK. Um, Sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. Prime Prime Minister Heenan. (laughs) PM Heenan. (laughs) That sounds like a wrestling name. PM Heenan? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that that's could be an NXT name, probably. CM Punk, PM Heenan. I mean, why not? So, anyway, well, we got puns coming, dude. They are coming Heenan's hot and heavy. Yeah. I you know how he got that every month soon? He earned it. <laughs> uh, He's on yeah. fire. Yeah. I'd like to owe these two money. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's so good to have him back. It's so, so refreshing. Yeah. Uh, well, Sid shows no fear right off the bat. He attacks, yeah. attacks Undertaker before the bell, chokes him with the top rope, and then, you know, Undertaker's just going to no-sell it, uppercut Sid, and then Taker just scoops Sid up like a cruiserweight for a body slam, dude. It was nuts. And when he hits that, I wrote, too, Mike, you think he's winning the WWF title there, the way they popped. Dude. That yes! crowd popped huge, as if he just won the title. It was great, dude. I, I didn't watch this whole great. tape, but yeah, I watched a lot of it, and the crowd is on fire for it. They're, they're here for the WWE oh, yeah. on this night. UK fans are always good, man. They are. Um, I hope they get a WrestleMania one day. Me too. I hope they uh, actually go through with that. Um, yeah. Taker, of course, misses the elbow uh, for the fourth time, I think, so far yeah. in this episode. And Sid's going to send him to the outside. And the heat, uh, the brain, for all his comedy, he, he makes a great point. And that's what was so good. He balanced the humor with really good analysis because he says, you never can tell if Undertaker is hurt um, yeah. because he just puts on he's a zombie. He, he never sells anything. Yeah. So that gives him a psychological advantage on his Not opponents. Wrong. Not wrong. 
Good good commentary there from Heenan. Yeah. Tag's going to hit an apron stunner. Another huge pop then. Boot to the gut. Hits an old school run and dive and clothesline. Tries for a tombstone, but Harvey Wilbur gets on the apron, which distracts oh, yeah. him, so he doesn't get to go for it. So, yeah. Then we get a little miscommunication of some, some sort. Well, yeah, I don't know what happened. A little flubby-dubby there. But uh, Sid hits a one-armed choke slam. Yeah. He just goozles Taker, doesn't support him with the second hand, just like up and down, which is – God, I love Sid. I hope yeah. he goes in the Hall of Fame this year. Give him to me, man. Yeah. Well, then Gorilla has a prophetic <laughs> word here. He goes, this guy's an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> yes. He saw nine years into the future. But I think – he oh, might have saw – well, it's spot on because he looks like he's had an accident in his pants, dude. Like, his <laughs> pants are soaking wet. <laughs> they're yeah. not not sweat-resistant uh, no. trunks, dude. No, they're not. Um, they're not. Sid's oh. working over Taker on the ropes. Paul Bear's got the urn up, and he's chanting, rise, mm-hmm. rise. You know, he's working the crowd, and – and Bobby brings up the urn saying it looks like that little coffee machine that British Bulldog <laughs> won last year. The Royal That's... Samovar trophy. We covered that. Yeah. It's nice callback. Seems like that coffee right. machine. Oh, I love Heenan. Oh, Taker's going to hit some chops to Sid. and he reverses an Irish whip. Corner clothesline. Both of them are on the outside now. Then Taker gets shoved in the ring post. That's going to be a common theme in a lot of these matches coming up, too. Like, he, when he's a baby face, how do you get him down? You shove him in the ring post. So, um, Heenan, again, recommends, or he comes on commentary. He's like, I recommend using a chainsaw on the other record. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just like, oh, okay. But, anyway. Yeah, they're fighting on the outside. Uh, Sid's taking her in the post. But then, uh, Sid, take, Sid rolls into the ring real quick and take her takes too much time getting in the ring and all of a sudden we hear the ref timmy white all famer tim white say eight nine ten and rings the bell yeah. as taker is rolling back into the ring and i just wrote wtf like yeah where does come from this felt like we got five minutes of a great match and then total screw job finish here this double counter i thought it was an accident at first maybe because yeah. it just came so out of nowhere and i was pissed dude i wanted to see some more of these guys and uh but they don't stop fighting uh well, that's why i thought it was a mess up because it keeps yeah. going after this so harvey's gonna hand sit a chair and he hits taker across the back with it pulls him up by the hair hits a neck breaker as he holds taker by the hair like it's a dude. neck breaker by the hair i never seen that before. Like, no. He does not hold his neck up like no. here, like a neck breaker. He just grabs Taker's hair and just holds his head by the hair yeah. as he does a neck breaker. It was kind of cool. He's just kind of in there taunting, you know, I'm the master of the universe world, and the crowd just booing him like he's the biggest healer. And, like, I thought, wow, did the match end earlier? What? But I don't know, man. All of a sudden, remember the, the, I don't remember which SmackDown game it was, but you could be the guest referee and you could speed up your count, you know? It was yeah. like that. It was that like one, two, three. Like, like, all of a sudden, like, I didn't hear a one. I heard eight, nine, ten. I was like, okay. No, so, I had no idea. Anyway, but yeah, that's that. Well, uh, I did. I had to look it up, man, because I thought surely Sid has got to be gone soon after this. And literally a week after this match took place, 
Sid walked out of the WWF uh, to go play softball, I guess. And uh, but uh, seriously, he quit over disagreements about his feud with the Ultimate Warrior that was supposed to be coming down the line. And of course, Warrior would be gone <laughs> not too much far yeah. after Sid would. Two yeah, accidents he, waiting to happen. <laughs> exactly. Sid's out the door, but uh, he gets the win here over the Undertaker via countout. Uh, um, before he goes out the door, though, you know he's booing. You know, the crowd's booing him, but then Taker sits up and hits a tombstone to him. Then the crowd just loves. Oh, it. I thought you said that. My oh, bad. yeah, no. And uh, then he hits a Shakespeare pose, which is yeah. you know it's something we'd come to know and love. And uh, yeah, I just wrote. You know, little did we know that this would be a re- main event at WrestleMania. Five <laughs> it's crazy, dude. Uh, but I, th- I, you know, uh, the first five minutes was fun. Like I could see yeah. that having having a better rivalry out of those two. The WrestleMania match was not that great, but. Uh, it's it's fun while it lasted on this. Yeah, week. you know what wasn't fun while it lasted? What's next? <laughs> oh, I completely disagree. <laughs> I mean, the guy. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about. Yeah. Well, we're gonna stay in the UK for a another right. UK exclusive release. The match is not, but the tape was only released at UK. UK fan favorites, nineteen ninety three. Uh, but this match is from May eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. A match. I didn't even know these two guys ever faced each other, but here it is. The Undertaker versus the Mountie with uh, Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. Now, that's a team right there. Yeah, and this match is from Cincinnati, Ohio, So, but it's a UK fan favorite. <laughs> Featuring the Canadian Mountie. So it's yeah. real tour de force right here. Yeah, so yeah, like you said, Jim Ross and Gorilla on commentary. Um, interesting, so... Yeah, Jimmy Hart's going to lead the Mountie out, and he's got a the stun gun, you know, the dreaded stun gun in his case. Lots of kids booing the Mountie. The kids hate the Mountie. It's great heel, dude. He sings his own theme song, which is great. <laughs> How can you not love the Mountie? JR <laughs> hates him, says he looks like Dudley Do-Right. And, uh, yeah, I can't dis- I mean, I can't agree more. You know, he's a perfect heel. You, uh, you prefer Dudley Do-Right or George of the Jungle? Movie? Sure. Uh, Just in life in general. Probably George of the Jungle, yeah. I think so, yeah. It's got a more... I think I've only seen Dudley Do-Right once. Like, but George of the yeah. Jungle, I've watched multiple times, including the theater. So, yeah. I'm just I big loved both cartoons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking... Did Brendan Fraser, Fraser play both of them? He did. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah it's... Uh, that's great heel heat, man, to sing your own theme song on the way to the ring. It's just, it's good. And now, he, yeah, you can criticize the Mountie character, sure, but Jacques Rougeau was just having a blast being oh, the Mountie. He loves he's so over yeah. the top. He's so silly, and we're going to talk about it here throughout this match. But uh, yeah. thankfully, Undertaker and Paul Bear are here to save the day. Yeah. But, but Mountie. He's just in the ring. He's pulling a Scott Hall, dude. He is. He's doing the little finger wiggle there, yeah. just mock trembling at Undertaker, biting his nails, like shaking his yeah. knees together like a cartoon. He is. He uh, looks like a cartoon. Yeah. He's asking for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. I, I wonder if he was. I don't know, man. Like, is he supposed to do that? I guess his heel character, but like, you think that you think the Mountie would be actually scared of him. But yeah, it was definitely some good heel heat. And he's not a small guy. I mean, he's not. No, no. A little dude. So, but yeah, when Taker comes out, man, the crowd just loves it. You know, uh, his walk is a little slower at this point. I, did, I didn't know. Like, he's getting getting slower, which is good. JR, of course, giving us all the specs. Like, he's a college athlete, you know, straight out the <laughs> straight out the combine. 
you know, getting us everything and <laughs> yep. says this man simply can't be hurt. You know, Mounties in the ring, like you said, uh, just being a good heel. But one thing I want to say is as noxious as he was, Taker was unfazed in character. Like he just stared him down. And even as he's taking his jacket off stuff, as Mounties moving around, he's just eyes locked on him as he's moving, which again, you could say maybe it was a shoot. He was mad because Mountie was, you know, not being scared. But like, even as a as a kayfabe, it was really good. Whatever it was, it was awesome. Like Taker played his role very well. Like, okay, you're gonna act up and goof like that. I'm gonna show you who the dead man is. Like, it was really cool. Well, I think about it like a, like a movie like Die Hard or something where there's a big gang of bad guys. Yeah. And and it's probably like the second or third bad guy that the hero's going to come across. He's the one that's just like super arrogant. Yeah. He's like, you know, okay, big tough guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the dead man. Okay, whatever. I don't, I don't yeah. buy into any of this stuff. And he's just mocking him. And of course, he's going to get his comeuppance. In oh, him. yeah. You know, it, it's one of those guys. It, it's, um, it's that type of villain. It's not the top guy. No. It's, it's the one that thinks he's the top guy. It's just the totally guy from confident. Ninja Turtles. That's the mini head of the Foot Clan. This guy. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that guy, you know. Yeah, that the guy type that's of guy. Under Shredder, but not, not, uh, you know, not Shredder. So yeah. it's always those type of guys. <laughs> yeah, the little henchman. Yeah, the little the little guy. Like, you know, LeFou from uh from, with Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Mountie's got big LeFou energy for sure. <laughs> B-L-E. B-L-E. <laughs> I can't. Well, Mountie's gonna. I'm done. He's, he's gonna run off some of that energy. He's gonna <laughs> run circles around Taker. Uh, try get some right hands on him and some kicks. <laughs> and uh, Taker actually oh. hits him into the ropes. And then I don't know if I remember seeing him do this. He hits a gorilla yeah. press. Slam. Yeah. On the Mountie. That was new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Bear was even surprised because he's like, whoa. Like, yeah. I just don't, he's acting come. some way. And uh, within commentaries, ragging on Paul Bear's skin, you know, how pale he is and stuff. But you of see course. the Mountie, Mountie rolls out and him and Hart are strategizing. And he kinda, he's like, okay, I got it. I'm going to go for the urn, you know? Um, <laughs> first, first Mountie, like, is crying, and Jimmy Hart hugs him. No, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Hart gives him a back rub and a pep talk. That's true, it's, yeah. I, I, it's so good. Yeah, and then and he's Jimmy, go over to get Jimmy there. holds Mountie's hand and walks him over to Paul Bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> like he's a child. Yeah, that is good stuff, man. That's good stuff. They're just, they're just goofing, dude. I love oh, it. yeah. So, but you know, he's going for the urn. Taker's going to slide out and step in front of Bear, and then the Mountie scurries back in the ring. So he's getting a little bit nervous at this point, you know. Uh, back in the ring, Mountie's going to duck Taker, slide out to get the urn again. Yep. And then that's his that's his uh, mo at this point. Yep. To get the urn. Rinse and repeat. Yep. Yeah. Um, Taker flips Mountie. They get back in the ring. Taker flips Mountie over the top to the outside, and Mountie's just cowering, begging off. Uh, Taker misses the diving clothesline now, not off the top, but just that running one off the ropes. And uh, he's going to go to the outside and Mountie's going to chase him with a chair to the yeah. back as Jimmy Hart distracts the ref. 
uh, and then Mountie slams him into the stairs, but Taker no-sells it. As uh, we got three, this is one of the last three matches that we cover. This is all Undertaker as a babyface, and we're going to start to see a formula yeah. start to happen that we're going to see in all three of these matches that I didn't realize, uh, but we'll talk about it here. Yeah, so like you said, uh, Mountie's going to hit a pile driver, and then Taker immediately sits up. Which is going to get a huge pop. I mean, that's it does when Sting and Taker do that. You know, that's that's really cool. But uh, then he hits another pile driver, and Taker's going to sit up with a slight delay. Then Mountie is going to take it up a notch and do a package pile driver where he holds Oof. the the back thighs. You know, yeah. So hits, but Taker goes to sit up again, and he's like struggling a little bit, and he collapses. And um, but the Mountie doesn't cover him for some nope. reason, which I'm like, psychology wise, what are you doing? But yeah, so that the triple big move finisher thing is going to be what we're going to see going forward here. It's a formula of these matches they hit the first one sits up immediately. Second one struggles. We gets up third one kind of winces and then falls back down. So we'll see that. And it's a good formula. It works. Yeah. Oh, the crowd yeah. loves it. It's just when we watch three we watch of these matches back, in a row, yeah. you start yeah. to roll your eyes a little bit at it. Yeah. But originally, as they happen, uh, it's a good formula. Yeah. Um, there was no other match on the night ending that way. So it exactly. sets it apart. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Mountie actually is so cocky, he grabs the mic to remind us that, yes, he is the Mountie. Three pile drivers, obviously. That should be more than enough to keep his man down. I don't believe this. Yes! I am the Mountie! Uh-oh. will be the dead Mountie very shortly. Oh, the Undertaker grabs the Mountie right by the throat. Unfortunately, his loudness on the mic wakes the Undertaker up. Yeah. He chokes him out. He hits the diving clothesline. And this time, Mountie rolls out of the ring. And uh, Jimmy Hart grabs him by the hand to walk him by the back. Uh, but wait a second. We got a little run in here from another Hall of Famer into this match. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter's come down the aisle way. He's going to force Mountie back into the ring. So not so fast, my friend. Walks right into a tombstone. Right into it. And that's it. And uh, Taker is going to win the match there and get a salute from Sergeant Slaughter. Gets a salute from Sarge, <laughs> yeah. who Gorilla calls the long jaw of the law. That's right. Jimmy Hart peels the Mountie off the mat. Dude, this was my favorite match of the whole endeavor that we did here. I loved seeing Mountie do his heel work. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, he's a great maybe heel. You may disagree. But oh, no, he's it. a great heel. He's a great heel. He's fantastic. He makes you hate him. He did. He did. He, he did his job well. Um, well. Let's cruise over to WrestleFest 93. And Absolutely. This is fun because we covered. That sounds like something at the National Fairgrounds or something. WrestleFest 93. <laughs> yeah. Over at the oh, high, school. high school. High school. P.Y.2. Freezer Thompson. Ken Raper. P.Y.2. Come see Ken Raper at the high school. Yeah. Hold up. The show has been canceled. I'm sorry. The county prison. Uh, this is cool. This is June 1st, 92 Undertaker versus the Berserker. And, uh, Ooh, wow. we did an episode covering some superstars moments with an iconic face off between these two where Berserker tried to murder the Undertaker yeah. with his sword, stuck the sword right there in the ring. Um, and now we're actually going to see them face to face in a match. 
Yeah, man. This is uh got Mooney and Hayes on commentary again. Um Berserker versus Taylor said Berserker to me, I thought he got no reaction when he came out. I didn't hear anything. No, he didn't. He was trying though, because he was like yeah. stealing signs yeah. out of the crowd, ripping them up. But yeah, not a ton of reaction as he comes out with Mr. Fuji. Yeah, and this is the follow up to the stabbing attempted yes. murder, right? Yeah, this is that. Okay. Party, yeah. It's yeah. Already happened. Uh, but it, when Taker comes out, he gets a great pop. And it's funny to watch little kids reach over and try to get a high five from him. Not, you're not going to get one yeah. from That would be crazy. But um, <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes tells us that, you know, in Europe, they regard Taker as a sex symbol over there. Uh, can you explain to me the popularity of the Undertaker? He's known throughout the world as one of the most popular superstars ever. The crowd goes wild whenever he steps into an arena. something you said well uh apparently um he talked about on the six feet under podcast talking about the eyes rolling in the back of his head he said he got a lot of requests from that uh back in the day when he was out on the road with, with some women oh boy <laughs> that was a that was a it was a sex symbol move from him back well, then for him the bell tolls exactly <laughs> um we do see a ton of taker signs in the crowd so he is definitely getting over as a baby face mm-hmm. uh there's a cool for whom the bell tolls sign uh we see a undertaker hat on a very big fan of the undertaker and uh <laughs> mooney and Faze notice him too because they <laughs> just start ragging <laughs> on this poor fan and mooney's like i wonder if that guy works in a mortuary somewhere and lord alfred goes well i wonder how big his coffin would have to be <laughs> Imagine you're this guy who rented this tape. You sit there Friday night, watch some wrestling, and yeah. see you up in the crowd. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Perfect timing That's exactly for exactly what would happen. <laughs> this collapse of the life would be ruined. <laughs> oh boy, that was fun. I think we're back in business now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, blew out my flip flop. <laughs> All right. Here we go. <laughs> it's got this written this. Honey, I'm gonna rent that wrestling. <laughs> That's like, me. Look, honey, it's me. Look <laughs> at like, how fat he is. <laughs> well, he could get a custom made one from Taker. He likes I to make it so. double deep, double wide. That's man. it, man. So, well, to get to the match, Berserker is outside with Fuji. He's stalling, and he's gonna run around behind Taker's back, and then him and Taker are gonna trade blows until Taker gets him in the to a choke in the corner and then another one. And then Berserker is going to boot him to the chin, hit some punches and actually hit a drop kick. That was pretty cool for Berserker. Yeah. Hit a big dude hit a drop kick. Pretty cool. Since taken to the outside. And of course we get a standard, perfect 10 yeah. landing from the undertaker. Taker's going to slam Berserker into the stairs before sending him back into the ring. Uh, Berserker's going to duck that flying clothesline, and um, they go back to the outside again, and Berserker's going to send Undertaker into the stairs a few times, which is definitely a signature for some of these mm-hmm. matches. Yeah, and then Berserker's going to hit Taker with a chair in the stomach and across the back, but the refs is distracted by Paul Bear. On That's that. right. Like Bear didn't yep. mean to, but so again, this is the third match we had chair interference in. So. A lot of that. Yeah, but um, 
So back in the ring, Berserker misses a boot and Taker hits a ugly choke slam. I it's said it was not, a solid choke slam. Maybe I missed. No, I thought it was ugly, man. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was ugly, but then hits the choke, holds a choke on him. I, I mean, after he hits, he hits it and he holds a choke down on him, which right. I, that was a cool little addition. So, well, of course he's gonna miss the elbow drop. Yeah. Um, that's gonna allow Berserker to take over. They go to the outside and Again. Berserker's yep back to the outside. Berserker's choking Taker with the camera cords as Undertaker's eyes are rolling back, but Taker doesn't go down to the ground. He stays standing. Um, and then Berserker's gonna body slam Taker yeah. to the outside of the ring. He was a wild man, dude. But yeah, Taker stands right back berserk. up. Doesn't phase him. Is anybody more berserk? If you're berserk, he's berserker than you, I guess. Is that, exactly. Is that, is that a noun and an adjective? You can't be more berserk. <laughs> Adverb than or whatever. Yeah. This guy's berserk, but he's berserker. <laughs> Look at the adjective. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Back in the ring to trade some spots. Berserker is going to hit up like a bulldog kind of move almost. Mm-hmm. Um, ties Taker up on the ropes and starts to kick him. He ties him up. Doesn't quite get him all the way arms, you know, like the was it the uh, famous one? It's Andre, right? Getting locked yeah. in the ropes. It's not pretty, but you know it works for what it for what it is. And uh, he runs a taker one more time, and taker's gonna flip him over the top rope to the outside. Uh, go out there, hit some throat shots, throw him, throws Berserker in the steps twice, and then go back in the ring. So we get a lot of this in and out of the ring, into yeah. the steps, in and out of the ring. But we're back in the ring now. And we're back to that finishing sequence here as Berserker's going to hit a pile driver. Sit up from the Undertaker. Pile driver again. Slower sit up from the Undertaker. Third pile driver. Taker sits halfway up and collapses to the ground. And this is where the Berserker pins the Undertaker and gets the three count. Right. Wait a second. Nope. He goes for a knee drop for some yeah. reason at this point instead of the pin. I don't understand, dude, the psychology there. You're trying to win a match. Just The guy can't sit up anymore, so hold his shoulders down. I, I think he's actually try, not trying to win the match. I think he's trying to murder him. That's Mr. true. Mr. Fuji hands Berserker the sword here. But how does he grab it? By the blade. <laughs> he's Berserk. He's <laughs> none more Berserk. Doesn't he grabs care. it by the blade, brings it into the ring, tries to murder Undertaker, but Taker hits him in the gut. Then Taker goes to sa- stab Berserker with the sword and he grabs it by the blade as well. So we're just giving away that this thing is not sharp. <laughs> and we're also Earl Hebner just letting this go on. Couldn't Wait, care what less. you going to do. How do you get stopping out of the swords? I mean, that's a do? great point. <laughs> you just slice your hand off. So, well, yeah. Undertaker does hit the clothesline and the tombstone and he gets the pin on the berserker uh, and gets the final word, wins the feud, wins the rivalry right there. Uh, but Mr. Fuji is not going to settle for that. He's going to come in and hit a cane shot on the Undertaker. And Taker turns around and gives Mr. Fuji a <laughs> yeah, tombstone. This was, great. this was awesome. Fuji gives the Devon Dudley cell yeah, after he hits the ground. Convulsing there. <laughs> It's oh, great. great. I don't yeah. remember Fuji taking a lot of bumps in his marriage no. days, so that was uh, cool to see him get up there yeah. for the tombstone. Yeah, it was good, man. Yeah, it was fun stuff with Fuji. All right, the last tape of the night. Not, don't get it confused with Invasion or Invasion right. 2001, but this is Invasion of the Body Slammers from 1993. Mm. Uh, this is going to be... Undertaker from December 14th, 1992. I guess another person we uh, talked about, a uh, good friend of the show. The Bear. 
the bear himself, <laughs> Papa Shango. That's right. Uh, just never missed opportunity. These guys definitely should have had more interactions. Should have been a bigger rivalry between these guys, but we do get to see them on a tape here against each other. And uh, we got the best commentary team of the night for the, our main event. We got Macho Man, JR, and Bobby Heenan, dude. Woo! Three for Phenomenal. Three. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't get any hotter than that. But, uh, man, could you imagine if, like, Godfather would have gotten some kind of character he could have tagged with Taker? Like, right. During, like, the, you know, even, like, the American B.A. days, like, the Godfather and him. That would have been fun, dude. They would have had a blast. You're right. I love that idea. <laughs> that would have been fun, dude. Like, Taker kind of not wanting, you know, he's his buddy, but he doesn't want to, you know, do the pimping thing. Like, you know, there have been a lot of fun interactions with them. Like, you know, let's just not do the match. Let's get you these girls. Instead. Like, it would have been fun. Let him... Them, Come be the soul taker again. Or yeah, something. they're that. Been, that'd been fun to see them yeah, too, just cool. wrecking guys through the attitude era. Been fun. So, anyway, the kids are scared of Papa Shango, man. They come out, and uh, these kids, JR says, these kids are mesmerized. <laughs> Macho Man says, I'm also mesmerized, but I want to know what that means. <laughs> that youngster certainly uh, rather mesmerized by this. Uh, that's hypnotized. Just, <laughs> just, I just want to be in the room with these guys, man. Yes. It's like JR said it, and then Macho wanted to follow up, and then he's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no. And he just calls his own bluff, and then they just throw it to Eden. It's just so fun, man. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we yeah, I'm mesmerized by the commentary. I was, dude. Um, we've upgraded here. We, we, yes, sir. We're coming into the future because we've got the video screen now in the entryway with That's the right. old school Undertaker graphic uh, written yeah. across the casket and the purple sky in the background. Very they cool. They don't like MS-DOS, man. It's old school, but it's cool looking. Yeah. No, it looks video, great. Video scope. Very retro, very throwback. Um. Big stare down between these two. Lots of stalling, of course. Two just massive characters yeah. in the ring uh, against each other. And yeah, we—I had no idea back then that these two guys were best friends. But it's—it's it's cool yeah. to see them getting to have this moment in the big time here. Um, oh yeah, it's fun. And then you know, Taker uh, or Jr. is like, I want—I just don't know why Undertaker is so popular. I mean, even though he's a babyface commentator, he's still kind of like, I don't understand and. Bobby Heenan's like, well, Jr. It's a weird society out there. That's right. <laughs> I just, I just He's not wrong. Nope. At all. Just look around. Um, Shango hits a big choke to start things off, and actually backs Taker into the corner, and then Taker fights it back with his own choke. And Bobby has a great point. He says, "How do you have a human referee in this match when you're in there with two people who aren't even human?" There you go. I don't, Bobby's right. on it. Bobby is on it, man. He's on it. Well, um, sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, got some ref intimidation right here to start with too. Uh, Taker gets a boot to Shango, right hands to him, hits an old school, 
And then Macho Man says, when Taker was up there and he jumped off, he must have been 19 feet, 6 inches up there in the air. So, what was Macho on on this night? <laughs> I don't know what he was on. He said, he must have been 19 feet, 6 inches up in there. So, well, then, that's uh, so tall. That's so much. That's just the height of a T-Rex. <laughs> later on, Savage asks Paul Bear if he's human, and Bobby says, no, he's been dead for 108 years. <laughs> One away? I don't know where their math was in this match. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Irish whipped to Papa Shango, hit some rights, hits Taker in the, kicks Taker in the face, body slam to Papa Shango, but then Taker does what he does and misses the elbow. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Signature moment in here. Um, and then... <laughs> things just get out of hand pretty quickly after that it stops being a real wrestling match at this point and becomes supernatural which is something i've always wanted like i feel like why does undertaker just not have a powers or legal match and it almost turns into that here because oh yeah papa shango we didn't really say it but he's brought this magic totem Totem pole out to the ring well he just up and grabs that and shoots his magic stick at Taker <laughs> across the ring, and fireworks explode in Taker's face. And somehow, Mike Kyoto has missed this <laughs> happening. He missed a fireworks display in the middle of a match. Oh, yeah, he grabs the magic stick and shoots his 50-cent fireworks to Taker's face. And <laughs> Basically, it was what it was. Kyoto just misses it. I don't understand, but... It was awesome, uh, But Heenan calls it Haley's Comet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, what was that? I just saw Haley's Comet. Yeah, it's great, dude. But uh, I love that. I love the supernatural aspect of it. And right before that, too, JR actually says Taker. He mm-hmm. says he calls him Taker, which may be chronologically the first time we've heard that. Could on, be. On film. Cannot confirm, know. but it's possible. No. So then after the after Haley's comment, they're both on the outside, and Papa Shango hits Taker in the ring post. And then he hits him with a chair. So Again, where's the ref? I don't know what's happening. And then, this was a cool spot, man. I like, he throws, uh, Shango throws Taker in a Mick Foley bump. Knees first into the stairs. Flips over. I guess it was a very Mick Foley-esque Cactus Jack move right there. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Uh, great bump from Taker. They get back in the ring, and uh, Macho is still wondering what that explosion was. And What was that explosion? With the backfire on the 72 pin More right hands by Papa Shango. Looks like your pickup truck, Ross, leaving that dude drop in. I got that oil leak fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll <laughs> just having a blast. Man. Oh yeah, they're having a good time, man. Then Chongo is hitting the body slam. It's a second body slam, and Taker's of course doing the sit up in between them, you know. And then he's going to go hit a third body slam. Papa Chongo boots him down, hits some elbows. And then Paul Bear is trying to trying to raise him up. And uh, as as this is happening, Jr. says he's rising up, you know. But Macho. Throws a little shade on Jesus and says, yeah, well, it didn't take him three days to do it. Yikes. Goo. Blasphemy from the master. What? What It's not even Easter. It's not even like relevant to the time period they're in. So I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, my only gripe is just he's not going to pin Taker. You know, just once again. Pattern that we've seen here. Yeah. 
But Taker does sit up, and, and the crowd pops for it, man. They, they, the formula works. They love it. He does get up, and Taker's back on fire again, hits that diving clothesline, choke slam, and uh, choke slam is actually going to finish it here. No tombstone on Papa Shango. I was a little surprised. Um, yeah. That finishes him with the choke slam and the classic Undertaker cover, and he gets the victory there. Um so, you know, a little bit short, you know, not much to it, but definitely worth it for the commentary. Um, well, yeah, because Hayden says Paul Bear's mom was a mortician. His dad was a raccoon. Goo! <laughs> Got him. He's just on it. That's dude. a pretty apt description right there. Yeah, not bad. Uh, definitely a spectacle there. Um, man, did you have a uh, favorite out of those? I think I might have liked that just because of the fireworks, the commentary. Just yeah, uh, they just t- Macho's blaspheming. <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> wild, dude. It's just wild. Yeah, but the Mountie one was fun just because Mountie's such a good. He makes you hate him. You know? He's just good. But yeah, um, I, it got progressively better as we went. Like honestly, the first couple, I was like, this is gonna be a long, long night. But uh, it wasn't. It was fun. Yeah, turned out to be fun. A great throwback here. And again, who know it would be so timely that we would go back to look at the video store, uh, which begat Netflix, uh, which is now, uh, you know, married to the WWE is now the home of the WWE going forward into the future. Uh, So who knew Uh, something I didn't think we would ever say when we started this podcast. No. Uh, seven years ago now at this point here we're in the seventh year of talking taker if you can believe it but uh we want to hear your thoughts so folks uh let us know if you checked out any of these matches hit us up on all our social medias at talking taker let us know if you have a favorite of those what is your favorite coliseum video moment featuring the undertaker what's your favorite coliseum video tape or wwe home video dvd blu-ray release we would love to know that from you uh, I don't have a ton of comments or anything, but uh, I do want to say Mark Short, fan of the show, uh, often comments on Facebook. He commented and said he really enjoyed a bonus episode that uh, I did I with our that friend. Too. Yeah, watch along Tommy, Tommy on the spot. I came on last month and did a little simulcast with his YouTube channel, and uh, him and I counted down the top ten undercard matches on the Royal Rumble pay-per-views. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, Did you agree with any of our choices? I agree with most of them. Yeah. I get you would ask me beforehand. I just kind of gave you a quick off the top of my list, maybe five or six, and I didn't really do a top ten or whatever. I just gave you a list and somehow forgot that one of my favorite matches of all time was at (laughs) Royal Rumble, which is AJ and Cena. Um, And I also failed to think about that triple threat. Um, it was in 2015, which was insane. So, uh, yeah, uh, you guys had some really good calls on there. I really dug it. Um, I, was, I don't think I was surprised by any. Um, I may have been surprised by the rankings of some, but I wasn't surprised by any of the matches. That, well, I was surprised you chose the, the first one you chose. You're number 10. Yeah. I won't spoil it, but that did surprise me because okay. of who's in it. But uh, You yeah, like that but, match? But, that's a good match. That's a fun match, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, a yeah. fun match. I just was surprised that it was on your list but uh, <laughs> because of who's in it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I won't spoil it. But, yeah, it's, it's a fun listen, man. I, I enjoyed it. 
Well, check that out. The uh, audio is right here on the Talking Taker podcast feed, but the video version is on Tommy's YouTube channel. So subscribe to Watch Along Wrestling on YouTube. He's been doing a ton of videos. He's on paternity leave right now, so he's been cranking out the videos on his YouTube channel. Uh, A lot of great Royal Rumble content, uh, just reaction videos to all the latest news. Uh, Good stuff over there, and I'm sure we'll hear from Tommy again on the Talking Taker channel soon. I think you were about to say something before I started going into that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. It's gone. Oh, I know what it was. I was going to say about the uh, one thing I really enjoyed about the DVDs, you know, talking about like this physical media, when they would do like the best matches of 2009 or best matches of 2010, you'd always get slided. They had to put them out. They couldn't put anything past like October on them because, but there wasn't many great, great matches in the end of the year, but you wouldn't get any off Survivor Series usually. Right. they put them out usually in, in November, December, but it'd be the greatest matches from that year, which again, at the time, you didn't have the network, so it's the only time you're going to be able to rewatch those. So it was, uh, those were great. It was. It was a great resource to have. It was great to relive that stuff. That was how you got archive footage back then. So, hey, support your local physical media stores, whether they be record stores or used media stores, or believe it or not, folks, there are still video stores out there. My favorite video drone in Atlanta, uh, still going strong all these years later. Uh, if you watch our SummerSlam 2023 vlog, uh, we went to a video store in, De- in uh, Detroit. We found an honest to God mom and pop video store. There are more out there than you realize. Vidiots mm-hmm. in Los Angeles that I just went to uh, a couple months ago, uh, visiting a friend in Los Angeles, a really cool store out there. So uh, be on the lookout. Support your local physical media stores while they still exist. Keep them going strong. Um, hey, subscribe to the Talking Taker YouTube channel. Uh, I've been doing some unboxings myself over there, uh, unboxing some additions to the Talking Taker collection. And um, uh, what else? We got the T Public store. Of course, you can pick up a Talking Taker shirt. We got the WWE Shop affiliate code, so you can pick up a shirt for your road to WrestleMania. Uh, if you were to go pick up a WWE shirt right now, which one would you pick out right now, Travis? Maybe an LA Knight. Yeah, sure. Uh, so. I think I'd get the Tom and Nick Mysterio. Tom sure. and Nick. <laughs> Our truth. That man. That man is gold. He is absolutely. A he he needs a contract for life. He's never needs allowed to be oh, I, yeah, from that for company. Sure. Yes, he's the best. <laughs> he can wrestle. He can do commentary. Just do backstage skits. He's like he 108 years old. <laughs> doesn't just, matter. Doesn't matter. He, he hasn't go. No, he's great. He's tagging. He's awesome. Truth tagging. He's in the Judgment Day. He's Tom and Nick Mysterio. It's he's the best. He brings entertainment to anything he's in. Okay. He's he's in the Talking Tanker collection. He was in an Elimination Chamber match. That's right. Back in the day. That's so, right. Uh, uh, yeah, use that WWE Shop affiliate code. You can get in our show notes. Anytime you shop on WWE Shop, just use our link, and a little bit of that will go back our way. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, Travis, you've got music on YouTube. Travis White Music or on Instagram. Oh, I've just been doing some little home video things. That's right. Yeah, so, some new, yeah. new songs. I might go in the studio later this year, but we'll see what happens. So, I hope we hope we get some shows later this year. Maybe so. We'll see what happens. I'd hey, love to and see this it. this comes out as we're recording this is pre pre Royal Rumble, but this will come out after Royal Rumble. So it is crazy how 
the Undertaker came back and won is going to get his win back over over Roman Reigns from seven years ago. It's crazy. That's right. Yeah, main event <laughs> WrestleMania out of nowhere. Undertaker Roman Reigns. So it's yeah, it was, it's not The Rock, uh, not the no. new board member of of TKO. Yeah, it's the Undertaker. Yeah. Who can use The Rock now, which is good for him. So oh, yeah, good for him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any Rumble predictions? Uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be fun. I think Kofi Sneakton will do something stupid. Uh, well, he the said last time he tried it, he it failed. So. He said he was done. I think he said last I year he was he done is. doing those yeah. spots, but he's supposed to be in the Rumble, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he could help himself. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I just hope he doesn't hurt himself. But uh, yeah, uh, I think people will complain about not being enough surprises. That's yeah. my prediction. Yep, you're not <laughs> it wrong. It happens so. every year. Yeah. It's um, gonna be a good one though. No, I'm looking forward to it. I got some buddies coming over. Going to do a little World Rumble party. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, I'm actually looking forward to an undercard match, the Fatal Four Way for the Universal Title or whatever it's called. I think Kevin Owens and Logan Paul are going to Logan Paul. Crush looking forward to that. Man. I think it's going to yeah. be a great match. <laughs> you told me that two, three years ago. I wouldn't I, believe. I've never said that since, but now I'm, it's going to be match of the night, dude. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, we will be back on March 1st, uh, and I'll, I got some ideas I'll run by you. I don't want right. to pitch it here on the air because I'm not 100% on which one, but we'll throw those out to you. So be sure to subscribe and check us out. Go back in the archives. Listen to our original Coliseum home video episode. And uh, one more thing. Like I said, I've been doing these unboxings on YouTube, and uh, I have actually – this is uh, an update to all the everybody out there in the Pod Street crew. I have – done it i have completed the official talking taker figure collection after however many years um i did a recent unboxing with the steiner brothers figures they were the last ones i had purchased and finally opened those and added them a figure to represent every taker opponent or partner in his pay-per-view matches but i actually have been saving one figure i bought a few months ago uh to unbox technically the steiner brothers were the last ones i purchased but this guy i just haven't unboxed yet but i thought i would do it here with you live on the air to close it out real quick as we end the show because it is a uh unique figure it's the figure i spent the most money on in this entire collecting phase uh, I never spent three digits on a figure, but this one was the closest I ever got to spending on. It's a rare boy. This is the Mattel Isaac Yankum DDS wow. Elite figure wow. representing Survivor Series 95. Five, yeah. Wow. Side versus the Royals. Uh, and of course, we all know he would go on to be. The mayor of Knox County. That's gotta be. The That's gotta brother. be game. <laughs> look at that, dude. That's look amazing. at that beautiful smile. Uh, look at the back there. It's like That's a beautiful. dental record. Yeah. There. It's hilarious. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> says he's from Decatur, Illinois. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was referred by Jerry the King Lawler. True. Um, and uh, after Bret Hart rendered him toothless, Isaac Yankum hung up his boots, retired from di- dentistry, and had an identity crisis before discovering his true self, apparently. So, <laughs> nice. Uh, beautiful packaging. And I'm going to crack it open here for the final edition. I'm not done collecting. There'll still be more things I can But you've completed. That's amazing, dude. You completed the 
the rogues gallery if you that's will. right that's right you can see a lot of that on our youtube channel here but let it let's get isaac yankum itching let to him get breathe him get that retainer off get that retainer <laughs> off oh he's taped in there real oh, good he's not want to come out not ready to be cane look at that man oh beautimus oh doing that doing that Swag surfing. Got to get them in the package because you got to have all the accessories. You got to yeah. have the, the dental glasses the there. Apple Provis. The nurse. <laughs> that was the prototype right there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know back then. Uh, oh man, you can see he's got the dirty teeth, teeth on Ooh. smile. This is dirty an awesome teeth. figure. That's awesome, dude. Never thought I'd own an Isaac Yankum figure. Uh, no. With a Scrubs t-shirt on there. But there it is. The final addition to the Talking Tiger collection. What Congrats. a way. What a way to go out on. Yeah. <laughs> Coliseum exclusive. Well, you purchased. Exactly. You got me a lot of these figures. You got me Luther Reigns. You're welcome. Uh, you got me Roman Reigns. That's some great understanding. Runs in the family. That's right. <laughs> so you helped. The family. Uh, so appreciate that through the years. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I'll, I will do a video on the whole collection at some point here now that it's complete. Yeah. But uh, there it is. Isaac Yankum DDS. Awesome. Very cool. We can't yeah. top that. So can't top that. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up. All right, man. Well, if you guys were at any of these matches we just covered, you please let us. If you were the fat guy in the row oh, please. Hat, that they made fun of, we'd like to hear from you. We'll give you a redemption yeah. story here. Yeah, we'll give you a redemption story. Write your redemption song. So, yeah, here we go. Uh, thanks for joining us. We look forward to it. Uh, seeing you next month. Hope your Royal Rumble was uh, fun, that you guys enjoyed it and weren't let down by the lack of surprises or whatever. Uh, hope you enjoyed this walk through memory lane. Uh, we beamed you up, Scotty, just like Lord Alfred Hayes. We took you back in the time-traveling uh, conversion van, did all the crazy things. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for joining us. Stay safe out there. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. I'll tell you what, Your Lordship, I've had enough of this planet. Enjoyed Coliseum Videos Invasion 92. For first officer, Lord Alfred Hayes, I'm Commander Mooney of the World Wrestling Federation Star Cruiser. Hope to uh, see you next time. I don't suppose you just want to get gas, do you? They're in trouble.